Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Bring your Bibles. Can I hear you? Did you bring your Bible? All right. Let's go to the book of Jude tonight, if you would. Jude, just before Revelation. Hey, Jude. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. You don't know that one, do you, Rhett? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Jude chapter 1. Thank you, Rhett. Thank you, buddy. Jude chapter 1. Just before the book of Revelation there. Thank you, Lord. So thankful for the power of the word. Amen. The word is alive. It is sharp. It's full of power. That's right. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts. It divides. It rightly divides even between the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit. The word of God is alive. The word of God is quick. Tonight, you'll be challenged by the word. Tonight, you'll be fed by the word. Tonight, you'll be nourished by the word. Tonight, you'll be pruned by the word. That's important. The same sword of the Lord that wounds you is the same sword that heals you. Did you catch that? It's a two-edged sword. So let the Lord prune you. Let the Lord speak to you. Can the Lord say hard things to you? A mentor in my life, Pastor Cletty Keith, I remember years ago when he asked me this question. He said, Brian, how do you know you have prayed long enough? No one had ever asked me that question. He said, how do you know when you've prayed long enough? I said, Pastor, I don't know. Tell me. He said, when you stop walking away from the hard sayings of Jesus, that's when you know you've prayed long enough. Isn't that good? That's a powerful word, powerful word. The Lord desires to say things to this generation. And of course, we're, we're living in a very wild, wild, decadent, anything goes, no boundaries generation. And the word of the Lord seems very harsh and it seems like a hammer because it is a hammer to crush. It is a fire to cleanse. It is a fire to purge. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. This generation needs a divine confrontation with the word of the Lord. We need a return, a revival, and a return to the word of the Lord. That's what we truly need. We have had so much fluff and junk and peanuts and popcorn and cotton candy flying over pulpits from coast to coast. And you wonder why we're in the mess and the trouble that we are in. The real word, hear me guys, the real word of the Lord cleanses, and it cleanses by fire. It purifies by fire. And when I say the fire of the Lord, truly what it is, the fire of the Lord is the love of God. The love of God is the fire of the Lord. So Lord, again tonight, we thank you for the authority of your word, the power of your word. And Lord, may your word thunder in this house. And may we hear and may we heed. May I have, may I have a, eyes to see tonight. I'm just praying this over you. I'm praying this over all of us tonight. May we have eyes to see. May we have ears to hear. May we have a heart to obey. May our spirit man stand at attention tonight, Lord. 
I pray that the Holy Spirit will go far beyond what I'm even able to articulate in the natural realm, that the Holy Spirit will speak and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is upon the word will release life and power in you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. I want to say from the very get-go as we, we look into the scriptures tonight, my goal is never to be provocative. It's not my goal, but my goal is to be real. My goal is to be faithful and stay in tune with the word of God. Um, I realize that no matter what I say, um, I'm going to offend somebody. Everybody smile at one another tonight. Um, I've, I actually had to lay aside the fantasy a long time ago that everyone was going to like me. I always say everyone likes me so much more when they meet my wife. <laughs> it's so true. But I literally had to lay aside the fantasy that people would like me or, or also I had to lay aside that everybody would applaud the message. Now, I'm speaking to the church tonight. Okay, this is the family of God. This is the people of God. So tonight, don't leave me up here all alone. But understand, the word of God's going to come strong tonight. Okay? You all all right? <laughs> You're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Let's look into the word tonight at Victory. Let's see what God has to say to us tonight. In the book of Jude, I want to highlight several portions of Scripture. Of course, Jude is a long book. It's one chapter. But... <laughs> But I'm not going to take the time to preach the entirety of the chapter. I want to lift some portions out tonight that I think would be very expedient, very important to where I feel the Holy Spirit has directed me for this word. And I want to remind you again, as a messenger from the Lord, I don't have any wiggle room. The Lord doesn't let me escape and just let me preach what I want to preach. He tells me, son, this is where we're going. He directs the course. Amen. He directs the course. Jude chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I hope those of you online got your Bibles out with us tonight. Here we go. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that. He gave a distinction there. He said that there have been corrupt men that have come in. There's a condemnation that has come, ungodly men have come and they've turned the grace of God into lewdness, denying the Lord himself. There's, a, there's a, a unique flavor right now of a grace of God where it's like you can do anything in the kingdom of God and be a Christian. You can do anything in the label of the grace of God. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot abuse the grace of God. If you begin to abuse the grace of God, you are in danger of hellfire. You cannot abuse the grace of God. It's amazing. I mean, there's, there's books being written and 
and put out through sectors of the body of Christ. You can be anything, it seems, nowadays. You can be anything and still be a Christian. You can be a homosexual. You can be a lesbian. You can be a liar. You can be a bank robber. Whatever it is. And you know what? The kingdom of God is yours. Well, It's clear from the scriptures it's not. Hello. Are you with me tonight? There's many deceivers right now, even behind pulpits, that the Lord is cleansing the house and purging it by His fire. Make no mistake, God is cleansing and purifying His church in America. He is removing hirelings from behind the pulpit. He's also removing impure vessels from behind the pulpit. I remember years ago, and I've probably told this story, but I remember years ago, a family I was pastoring, a woman came to me with Rob Bell's uh, book. Uh, and, and how many of you knew, know who Rob Bell is? He, at that time, he was pastoring out of Grand Rapids, 10,000-member mega church. He wrote the book Velvet Elvis. And a woman came to me. She's like, oh, pastor, this book's absolutely amazing. You've got to read it. You won't believe it. He was a deceiver. As I grabbed hold of that book, and I'm not going to go into the explanation of this, and maybe I'll do it another time, speaking on the prophetic. But as I took hold of the book, the Lord began to speak to me immediately. I read through that book. It was no surprise to me when Rob Bell came out to be a universalist, saying that there's all roads lead to God. You can get to God many, many ways. He's on the Oprah Network right now. No longer a pastor. No longer pastoring a flock. No longer leading a church. And I say praise God he's no longer leading a church. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's saying that there's those that came in, they were corrupted. They were corrupted. They were ungodly men, and they were leading people astray. They were actually leading people into lewdness. They were distorting the grace of God. And we live in an era, and we live in a time where the message of the gospel is being greatly perverted, and lewdness has come in to the body of Christ, and it's detoured many. Jump down to verse 16. Are you still with me? These are grumblers. Verse 16. These are grumblers. They're complainers. They, they're walking according to their own lust. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause division not having the Spirit. Are you hearing this? He's saying, I'm, I'm giving the church a warning. You need to be watching for those that are perverted, those who have a sensual spirit, those that are out for their own gain. Are you catching this tonight? Three of you, are you catching this tonight? Grab a hold of this. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, speaking the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I love that. Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, the turbulence that we're in is about to turn up. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. We're not ashamed of the baptism of the Holy Spirit here at Victory. We're not ashamed to say, worship team, go for it. Sing in the Spirit. Speak in the Spirit. Declare in the Spirit. 
This is a spirit-filled church. We make no apologies about it. You'll never see me apologizing for being a spirit-filled tribe, being a spirit-filled company. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And you can receive a fresh baptism tonight. We all need a fresh baptism of fire. But the secret sauce is, as Nate says, the secret sauce is, is this. Jude says you got to pray in the Spirit because when you do, you literally build, you build your inner life. You build your inner world. You build your inner man up when you pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, the wisdom of God begins to explode on the inside of you. Thoughts and ideas and creativity begin to pop like popcorn in your spirit. And then you get aligned in the Holy Ghost and your, your steps begin to get directed. Your path is anointed. You start meeting the right people. You start being disconnected from the wrong people. The sword of the Lord starts coming in and cutting you away from dangerous, carnal relationships out of your life. God starts bringing exactly who you need. You got to pray in the Holy Spirit every day. You got to pray just to make it. That was a song back in the day. That's so true. You got to pray just to make it. That's right. Building yourself up in your most holy faith. Now, verse 22. We're going somewhere tonight. Y'all with me? Okay, there you are. Yeah, I think you're with me. Verse 22. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. Watch this. Have compassion. You know, guys, there's those that are looking and seeking right now for the love of God. They're looking for the mercy of God. They're looking for the grace of God. On those, Jude is saying, have compassion. Watch for them. Have compassion on those that are seeking, that are looking. But watch this. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Grab hold of that tonight. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Now, I want to highlight this tonight. Verse 23. But save others with fear. I want you to write this down. When you look up the word fear, this is powerful. The word fear is phobos in the Greek, and it means this. It means to be blunt, to be strong with the truth. Notice that. He's saying, but others you're going to save with fear. That means in order to save them, you're going to have to be very strong. You're going to have to use the truth very aggressively. You're going to have to speak the truth with power and authority. You use it. To save others with fear, you got to be blunt. You got to use the truth. Guys, the church needs to be the leading voice of this hour. Rising up. Not cowering backwards in the corner. Us just not moving into passivity. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to deliver us from passivity. And there's no greater way to do it than praying in the Holy Spirit. He said, so you're going to have to be blunt. You're going to have to be strong. Judah's saying, you're going to meet God mockers. And when you meet the God mockers, you're going to have to hit them strong with the, with the truth. Pulling them out of the fire. There are going to be those that are, are you, is easily, you can just bathe and butter them with compassion. 
as they're seeking, as they're broken. But then there's going to be those that you're going to have to rise up. And even while they're mocking you to your face, you're going to have to rise up in the boldness and the power of the Spirit and declare the word of the Lord with bluntness and authority and say, this is the word of the Lord. Come on, church. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. You know, sometimes we, we look at people and we think that they've gone too far. We, we look at people and we think, well, man, that person's just gone too far. I mean, they're just out of reach. There, there's really no hope for that person. They're just out of reach of the power of God. I want to say to you tonight, never, never give up on anyone. Can I get an amen? Never, never give up on anyone. A mentor in our life said, never put a never on a man, no never. Never put a never on a man, no never. Say it tonight. Never put a never on a man, no never. That means don't, don't say, they'll never come to the Lord. That person's too far gone. That, that person's too wild. They're, they're too out there. There's no way that they'll come to the Lord. That's a lie. you got to embrace this tonight. This is strong. Our faith is not weak. Say, my faith is not weak. Our faith should be strong. Our faith should be resilient to believe that all can come to the Lord and unto repentance. But oftentimes we look too much at the externals. We know that the word of God says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And you can miss, you can miss those who are ripe and ready to come into the kingdom because we're stuck looking, you know, that, that, that girl, she's got that, that huge ring just hanging out of her nose, dangling there. And that guy's got those, those wild, you know, tattoos all over his face and on his neck or, or on his arm, or they've got all those, those holes in their eyebrows or, or, you know, those two are over there smoking pot or, oh my gosh, those two lesbians are, are holding hands. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We look in the natural far too much and God wants to deliver us. He wants to deliver us from that so that we would have spiritual eyes to know who is ripe unto harvest. And as you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you can be directed by the Spirit of God to those that are ripe unto harvest. Come on, can I get an amen in this place? Don't judge or look by the outward appearance. Uh, years ago, a pastor friend of mine told me the story how they went to bike week. And him and another friend were out at the bike week and they went past this huge motorcycle gang. And while he was walking through them, he was, he was scared to death. And the Lord said, son, why didn't, you, why didn't you share with him? Why didn't you speak with him? He said, God, because, I, Lord, I was afraid. That's why I was afraid. And he began to repent. And the Lord said, son, I want you to turn around. I want you to share the love of Jesus to him. So he told his friend that he was with, the pastor friend of mine. He went back and he walked right up to the loudest <laughs> Bear of a man that you've ever seen. This big old biker guy, drinking, partying, and he walked up to him and he began to share Jesus with him. And all the guys in the gang began to mock the pastor there. 
And that big old bear of a man, he told all of his friends around, he said, you guys shut your mouth right now and listen to him. All those guys shut their mouths. He began to share the Lord with him. To his surprise, the man said, he said, look, he said, I've lived an evil life. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I've lived a very evil life. There's no way God will grant me access into heaven. There's no way God's going to allow me into heaven. Of course, that pastor told him that's a lie. He also told him the words that Jesus said. He says, he who is forgiven much loves much. He who, who has been forgiven greatly loves greatly. That biker told him that day, he said, no, he said, my plan is to one day jump on my Harley, fire it up as fast as I can, and throw myself off the back of it and end my life. And wherever I end up, I end up. Tragic story. And my friend told me that that guy never received the Lord that day. He never came to the goodness of God. But the seed was planted. Are you hearing me? I was telling the men's meeting. <laughs> I was telling our men. I was at the, at the gas station the other day. And as I do, I try to turn the conversations to the Lord. And so the guy across the pump from me was there. And he had an amazing looking truck. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to start right there. I said, man, you got a great looking truck. He's like, oh, it was a gift to myself. It was a going away present for myself. I got unchained from my blankety, blank, blankety, blank, blankety, blank, blankety, blank ex-wife. I was like, well, we're off to a really good start here. This is fantastic. I start trying to turn the wheel of the conversation to Jesus. Of course, he was having none of it. None of it. Let me tell you right now. You know what? Sometimes, guys... The door's open. It's time. But at other times, it's a swing and a miss, <laughs> if you're hearing what I'm saying. <laughs> the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, if you would go there tonight with me, in Romans 1, he is speaking to a culture in the city of Rome that is sex-crazed. That's right. Don't let it suck all the moisture out of the room. I just said sex-crazed. Stay with me tonight. The women were giving themselves over to women, ladies and gentlemen. The men were moving into going with men in sexual sins. The Bible tells us they burned in uncleanness. They burned in lust. They burned in perversions actually for one another. These people actually divorced themselves from God's natural order of His divine order. Let me say that again. These people divorced themselves from God's natural order, His divine design for sexual intimacy. Here we are 2,000 years later, and the Bible is telling us about this stuff. We're in December 2021 right now where our nation is demanding the approval of this sexual immorality. They are demanding the church to bow down at their flag or their banner or their movement and have their way. Are you hearing me? There's nothing new under the sun, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, Paul was telling... His generation and every generation prophetically that was going to come. How God would have to deal with this. Are you with me? And now it's everywhere. Now they're demanding their rights for sexual sin. Let me be clear tonight, guys. Let me be clear. Homosexuality is a demonic abuse. 
It is a demonic abuse from the from the enemy himself. It is a it is an abuse of slavery. It is an abuse of bondage. People can mask for a long time the pain of their souls. People can mask for a long time the pain of their bodies. Pain people can mask the pain inside of their heart for a long time. Are you with me? I've said this so many times, and I'm going to say it again tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no sin. There is no defilement. There is nothing that the Lord Jesus Christ cannot cleanse and wash and deliver an individual from. (laughs) Including homosexuality. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Put it on your heart. Put it on your soul. Get a tattoo of it. I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right now, we are seeing this unbelievable deconstruction of culture. There's... It's where everything goes. Have you noticed that? It's like everything goes. There's no boundaries. Everything that we're seeing in our our present day culture. I saw a breaking, just heartbreaking, horrific story of this young, beautiful Hollywood actress. She's in her late 20s. She's in several films that our family actually enjoy. But I saw this week. The story of her life where she had her breast removed and had other surgeries on her body so that she could transform herself into a man. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it absolutely broke my heart. The bondage, the slavery that the enemy is seducing people into, the level of depravity the level of depravity. And now, and now we're in a time where there's an indoctrination going on with doctrines of demons that want to get a hold of our little children and tell them that this is okay to do. Hear me tonight. Hear the Lord tonight. What begins with people masking their pain? People can mask their pain so long till it turns the page and they begin to take on an identity, an identity outside of the divine identity that God gave them. Something that is contrary to the likeness of God. Something that is completely contrary to the very image of God. Then they go so far that they begin to lose their reason. What do I mean by that? They can't think accurately anymore. They can't think right any longer. There's such a strong delusion that takes hold of an individual that a new identity begins to come on. Now now I'm learning about these new clubs in in America right here on pedophilia. I don't know if you're hearing about this yet. It's called NAMBLA. How many of you have heard of this? It's called NAMBLA. They're creating clubs where adult men can meet little boys and young boys. They're called NAMBLA. Look it up. Look what is happening to our culture, ladies and gentlemen. 
If you do not see that we are in desperate, desperate need of an encounter with the living God and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and something beyond the awakened conscience, the awakening of a generation and an awakening of a nation. We need revival. We need the preaching of the Word of God that sets captives free. We need the delivering power of the Holy Spirit on display. What we are working at here in building the culture is not something that we're just trying to build a nice family church. No. We're trying to build an altar of fire that the glory of God can rest upon so that when people come in here that are sexually and morally confused... That when they walk into the presence of God, they have an awakening. They have an awakening to the Spirit of God. That everything within them becomes alive. That which was dead. What we sang, what you let us in. That which was dead on the inside of them suddenly comes alive. What is that? It's their identity. It's their identity that they were made to be a son and a daughter of the living God. Don't you see that America needs something far beyond fair elections? Don't you see that America needs something far beyond a real president? And my God, we need a real president. We know we have an imposter in the White House. But don't we see that we need something beyond that? We need a true king. We need a true savior. We need a true deliverer. We need a true healer. We need the savior of the world. We need Emmanuel, God with us. We need the Lord. And we need messengers that will point people to his heart and to his face. And we need messengers that are not afraid to say, you must repent of your sins or you will perish. Come on, church. These are spiritual issues. They're not political issues. They're spiritual issues. Yeah, that's how I feel. I want you to hear me tonight. I believe that God's... Thank you, sweetheart. I believe... See, everybody likes me better when Brent's... I believe the judgment of God is going to hit America on a high level, dealing, dealing with the insanity of the morality that's happening. I believe we're about to see some stuff shake that's going to be incredibly radical and it's going to loose the fear of God. But I also believe in God's grace and mercy that we're about ready to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that America has ever seen. A level of the power of the Holy Spirit released where there is mass deliverance. Mass deliverance.
Father, I just want to pause right now, and I just want to, as we're meeting right here, I just want to pray that your real grace, your real grace, which is the empowerment, the empowerment of your presence will be loosed in this region to set people free from depravity, from a debased mind, God, from sexual confusion, sexual impurity, God, that you would just come in, sweep in, and cut them out of every dangerous relationship and restore them. Bring them back to you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. I believe, I, I, I wrote very strong in my first book, Unstoppable and Unquenchable Fire, I wrote very, very strong that we're in a time, ladies and gentlemen, that men and women of God got to rise up and engage the war over pornography in the United States of America. We are in, we are in such a dilemma. I mean, everything that we've, we've been engaged in in prayer and fasting throughout this week over the Supreme Court concerning abortion. Guys, I mean, think about where we have come from the 1960s now to the 2020s. Think about the acceleration of immorality and depravity that has just ravaged this land and how the Supreme Court just threw open the gateways to the greatest level of filth unbelievable to this country. You think about it. But I believe the epidemic that has so destroyed the fabric of this country is the power of pornography. That is why we are at the place right now of unprecedented immorality that has led now to over 70 million babies aborted. It's hard to get those words out of my mouth every time. Because this generation has been so saturated and inundated with pornography. Guys, we need men of God to arise. We need women of God to arise and go to war. Go to war over this. Go to war for the church. Go to war for our kids. Go to war for our cities. Go to war for people to be delivered from the torment of perversion. All you got to do is go and look at the life of Ted Bundy. How many remember him? Ted Bundy. You look at his life as a, as a little boy. He was, he was obsessed looking at the magazines of his mom's panties and bras that she would order. Are you all okay? Keep breathing. It's going to be okay. He was obsessed with looking through his mom's catalogs where she ordered her bras and panties from. He became so obsessed, so obsessed with that flesh, it turned him into a monster and a predator. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we are living in the midst of a generation that has been so sexualized, so sexualized, so inundated with pornography. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think that people don't need deliverance, you're delusional. People need delivered in this hour. Children, young people, young people, teenagers, young adults, they need deliverance. And it's only found in one place. And that is in the name. It's in the name. It's in the name. 
at the mention of your name, every chain will break. At the, that's what we sang. That's what we declared tonight. At the mention of your name. That's where the chain is severed. That's where it's at, ladies and gentlemen. Every chain. These are hard issues. I Look, I'm aware that there are groups attacking us, attacking me in the city, attacking our church. I don't give it much time. I don't, I don't care about being called a hater or a bigot or a homophobe or whatever. I don't care about that, ladies and gentlemen. I care about rescuing our children and about rescuing this generation and about rescuing our city. That's what I care about. You better believe when we're in full flame outpouring in revival, our altars are going to be packed with people that need deliverance from uncleanness. They're going to need deliverance from perversion. They're going to need deliverance from a reprobate mind. And Jesus is going to give it to them. Glory to God. We've got to take this battle serious. We've got to engage this war. We've got to enlist in this war. We've got to enlist in the fight of faith. This is our hour, ladies and gentlemen. Heaven is counting on the ecclesia. Who is that? That's the church that Jesus is building that the gates of hell does not prevail against. Heaven is counting on the church to be set ablaze, set on fire with passion and compassion to pray. And keep on praying day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. And then adding, adding to our prayers, righteous action and being bold and getting up and confronting the works of darkness and saying, thus far and no more, you're not going to have our children any longer. Come on, church. Romans chapter one, Paul writes in verse 28. And even that, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Make sure you underline that. They did not like to retain God even in their knowledge. What does that mean? It means that they fought and they used energy to fight against God's natural design. They rose up. They, they, they released energy to fight against God's natural design. Then the next words are the scariest four words God gave them over. We talked about this several weeks ago. God gave them over to what? A debased mind. To do those things that are not fitting. Look at verse 24. Romans 1, 24. Therefore God also, he gave them up to uncleanness and the lust. What is that? It's the burnings of their heart. The lust of their hearts or the burnings of their heart. To dishonor their bodies among themselves. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature. What is that? That's themselves. They worship themselves. Rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. And the finality of all of these things, guys, is that in verse 25, it says they exchanged the truth for a lie. For a lie. Guys, do you understand that the sin of immorality is not hiding? It's not hiding any longer, guys, in New Orleans and in Philadelphia and Phoenix and San Francisco and L.A. and New York. I'm telling you, it's everywhere. Whew. 
Somehow the enemy was able to spawn this thing out of the privacy of bedrooms and now flaunt it and push it now into the face of even all of our children. You think about this. We need to rise up as people of God and scream no. 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 Now, before I move on, I want to insert this. Sex is not dirty. I, it, there wasn't one amen in the church. I don't know what just happened, Dave. Help me out here. <laughs> I don't know. Sex is not dirty. Sex is not dirty. I want, you, I want to go on the record tonight. God created sex for great joy and great pleasure in the covenant between a man and a woman. Come on, say amen. God had a dream. Sex is so masterful, guys. God created it. God created it for a man and a woman to have divine pleasure in one another, that they would be completed that they would be pleased, that it would bring each other joy. God created sex. Sex is not dirty. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy is working overtime to pervert all of this so the church can't even say the word sex. Because we have, oh, come on, come on, come on. Now, again, I'm not here to be provocative. I'm here to tell you the truth, and I want you to hear this. God created sex, and he wanted to have a husband and a wife enjoy it all the time. Is that Bible? I'm about to read to you the Bible. You're like, oh, good. I, that's good. Just back that up with Scripture. So, Brian, please back that up with Scripture. I'm about to. I'm about to. God speaks that sex is so sacred that God wanted us to enjoy sex as a husband and a wife all the time, except when we set a sacred time away to, to move ourselves into a time of prayer and fasting. So much so that when he says, when your, fast, your, your fasting and prayer time ends, make sure you get back to it. All right. Some of you want a Bible verse. That's 1 Corinthians. Is anybody breathing in this church? Those of you online, are you breathing? I can't hear you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. Do not deprive one another. This is what Paul's talking about concerning sex. Do not deprive one another except with a consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again. Notice that. And come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. You see that? I want to say this again. Sex is not dirty. We need to stop letting the enemy educate the church concerning sex. God created it in a holy union, a holy covenant between a husband and a wife to enjoy. To enjoy one another. Now back to Romans chapter 1 and verse 28. It says they didn't even like to retain God in their knowledge, so God gave them over to a debased mind. 
want you to write this down tonight. God gave them over to a debased mind. What is a, deba a debased mind? It's a way of thinking. Write it down tonight. A deba debased means this. It means morally corrupt and wicked. God gives them over to a way of thinking. Hear this as you study it. It means it's a way of thinking that cannot stand the test. This is important for, for this message tonight. A debased mind is a, is a mind that has become morally corrupt or wicked, that it cannot stand a test. A, 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 a depraved mind rejects evaluation. Did you hear that? It rejects all evaluation because it believes that there's no boundaries. I can do whatever I wish. I can go wherever I want. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? A debased mind means devoid or disqualified, disapproved, corrupt, wicked. Can we pass the test? I mean, can, can, I mean, in 2021 right now, can a man have a baby with another man? Well, of course they can. We're evolving so much. I mean, we're evolving incredibly. Now we're up to over 100 genders. I mean, everything's changing. It's incredible. The acceleration of change that we're in. Isn't it wonderful? Over 100 genders. I mean, we really believe a man can have a baby with another man. A woman can have a, another baby with another woman. That means that we have failed the test. If you think like that, you are flirting with a debased mind. We fail the test. We fail the test of God's divine natural order. His design. Father knows what is best, ladies and gentlemen. Father knows what is best. He's not trying to ru ruin your fun. He orchestrated and set up a covenant to be bliss for you and your wife, for you and your husband. Now we have nurses in hospitals that are being told, ladies and gentlemen, right here in the United States of America, hospitals, nurses are being told, do not mark the gender of the child, whether they're a boy or girl or not. We're failing the test. We're failing the test, ladies and gentlemen. And why do that? So that that kid can go into our public schools and be indoctrinated by teachers that are led astray by doctrines of demons and bring them into a lifestyle of insanity. What's happening in America? We're failing the test. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a debased mind. Guys, what is going on in our world right now in 2021? I mean, this whole... Guys... We're seeing this thing stretch out now into pedophilia. And if you're not aware of what's going on, you need to start educating yourself, guys. They're trying to lock the parents out of everything in our education so that they can get those kids in there and do whatever they wish to them and be accountable to nobody. Let all the pedophiles behind the closed doors do what they wish. I don't always go the distance and get up in the pulpit and tell you about the people that I've had the privilege of pastoring who were molested when they were young children, who went in to junior high school and were molested by their coach. Girls that were molested by their volleyball coach, little boys that were molested by their basketball coach. I'm telling you, I, 
I've sat behind closed doors with grown men, grown women, and watched them finally explode for the first time. Take off the mask. Reveal the pain. Reveal the heart. Tell the secrets. Say, I've lived with this all my life. I'm telling you guys, we need an outpouring of deliverance from the Holy Spirit. We're living in a generation that's locked away with pain. Pain. Real pain. Chains. Bondage. Slavery. And they're doing everything they can to make it through life. Just to go to work. Take care of their families. Try to keep everything in order. But inside, they're broken. They're wounded. But the good news is there is healing. There is healing and power in the name of Jesus. In the person of Jesus Christ, the living God, the one true living God. Paul goes on, verse 26, he says, for this reason God gave them up to vile passions. He gave them up to vile passions. Man, this is strong language. Young people today, I mean, they can wake up and on Monday they're going to be a boy. And on Tuesday they're going to be a girl. This is what's happening. They say, well, I'm going to do whatever feels good. And if you're listening to this message, or, you're, or perhaps you come along this message in a month from now, and you're flirting with that kind of thinking, I'm telling you, you're playing with a debased mind. You're flirting with a debased mind. Brian, how can you say that? I'll tell you how I can say it. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And the Word of God is, is my final authority. I don't have any wiggle room to get out of this. It would be great for everybody to like me. You know how I would get everybody to like me? I would compromise. And I'd make every concession in the world and bow down to their every whim and say, you can, you can live however you want to live. You can do whatever you want to do. You can be whatever you want to be. And God's going to get grant you access into the kingdom of God. And I'd be a liar and I'd burn in hell forever. Forever. And now we, we've got, you know, doctrines of demons right now. I mean, we can take care of that. There is no hell. Right? We'll just go ahead and remove hell out, out you know, out of the revelations of the scriptures. You all know that that's going on. Watch this. We've read it several times. Verse 28. They didn't want to retain God in their knowledge, so God gave them up to a debased mind. Now watch these next words. To do things which were not fitting. Grab a hold of this. This is an interesting word, fitting. In the Greek, this word means literally things that are not allowed. Write it down tonight. Things that were not fitting. It literally means things that are not allowed. It also means things that are not beneficial. Things that are not beneficial. It also means things that are not working and that are not pleasurable by design. That's strong language. God is saying there are things that you're not allowed to do. Actually, God is saying no to things. God is saying you're not allowed to do this. Guys, God is not, a, he's not an indifferent bystander. God, there are things that God says plainly in his word. You are not allowed to do this. I will never bless this. This is an abomination unto me. You're not allowed to go this way. And he's doing it 
to protect us as a good father. Oh, Brian, that's just so narrow. That's just so narrow. Friend, the word of God says it. The word of God says it. There's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room. Well, then you're a bigot. Then you're a homophobe. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. Before we dive into this text, I want to remind you what our aim is tonight. What are we aiming for? What are we going after here at Victory? Why, why, why do I dig the plow so deep? Why do I take the plow of the word of God and dig so deep into the soil of men and women's hearts when we get in here? Why do I go strong? Why do I preach these kind of thundering words? Why do I bring an uncompromising word? Because we are tilling the ground. We are plowing up the ground of this region and this city. And you need to understand, we are preparing for a move of God. We are preparing a house of encounter so that people can come in from everywhere and they start in experiencing the tangible weightiness of the glory of God and they sit under a word listen ladies and gentlemen the kind of word that's preached in this church will keep you saved people need to be under the word and they need to be under a word that there's no compromise and there's no concessions. you got to let the word of God do the work. you got to push the word of God out in front of you and let it do its work. Let it be like a hammer. Let it be like a fire. Let the word do the work. Don't be afraid of the conviction of the Holy Spirit or what somebody to your right and your left is thinking right now of this meeting. Are you kidding me? God's doing stats in the heavenly realm. He knows what's going on. We're preparing for something great. And when, and when far more people are coming and packing in, we're not going to be watering down the message to please the masses. The greatest harvest of souls is about ready to really crash in. The greatest harvest of the age is about to crash in on the United States of America. And it's going to be an awakening and an outpouring of the Spirit of God where people are going to be repenting of their sins. Our altars are going to be packed. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear me. You hear me. I remember, I remember our first trip to the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida. I'm going to tell you this quick story. Brent and I are standing in the altars. One of the musicians walks off the stage. This is 1995, 96. We stood in line for about 10 hours to get into the meeting in the Florida sun. Then the meeting was about six hours long. Then we waited another two hours just for prayer. Do the math. And they came from all over the world. All over the world. One of the musicians walked off the stage. He said, are you Brian Gibbs? He said, are you, are you used to be the drummer? No, he said, you're the drummer for Rodney Howard Brown. I said, well, I was Rodney's drummer. 
He's like, I recognize you. I said, well, I'm Brian. He said, this is so crazy. He said, I can't believe this. Our drummer did not show up, and we desperately need a drummer. And I walked out on the stage and looked over, and I'm like, that's Rodney Howard Brown's drummer. I can't believe this. He walks over to me. He goes, would you mind playing the drums tonight? <laughs> Didn't that happen, honey? Just like that. I said, sure. So I walked up on the stage. We went in the back room. I met Lyndall Cooley. We, we just hooked up, talked four or five minutes, and we went out. I jumped on the drums, and we went for it. Now, here's where I'm going with the story. But I remember that night being on the drums when Steve Hill gave the altar call. When he gave the altar call. And Charity James was up there singing, come running to the mercy seat. And I saw people just running, running down the aisle. There I was on the drums watching people run and just dive into the altars. Repent. Repenting of their sins. Coming to the Lord, just running, hundreds and hundreds of people running to the altar. And I still have that picture in my spirit. I've never let go of it. I never will. Folks, our altars are going to be packed with a generation. A generation that wants to repent and come out from their sin. And come out from their homosexuality. And come out from their spirit of suicide. Come on, church. Come out from cutting themselves. Come out from strong delusions. That's why when you come to victory, we're not worshiping for 17 or 18 minutes. And we're in a hurry to get through the announcements. Now we're hurrying to preach. Now we're hurrying to get everybody out of the building. Are you kidding me? That kind of church has done so much damage in America. Guys. People are going to come to the glory. They're going to come to the fire on the altar. They're going to come to the presence of God. They're going to walk in and they're going to be changed. And they're going to desire to repent. I'll tell you what. You get in the bona fide manifest presence of God, you'll know exactly where you stand. You got anything tangibly that you're, you're just playing games or you're hiding something? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will hit you with his spotlight. and He'll say, let there be light, and he'll deal with it. That's how it works. I know that's how it works. Can I get an amen? How many of you would say, that's how, that's how it works? Ephesians 5, and I'm rounding third base. I'm going to slide into home. I know it's late, but that's okay. Well, thanks, buddy. Can I get five more minutes for real? Five, 10, 15, 20. That's great. Verse one, therefore, <laughs> therefore be imitators of God, dear children. Isn't that a good word? Be imitators of God, dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it's not fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness 
nor foolish talking. Are you hearing this tonight? Nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know, that a fornicator, an unclean person, nor a covetous man, nor an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That's really narrow, Brian. It's the word of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, here it is, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now, hallelujah, you are light in the Lord. Grab a hold of that. We were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. I want to read that again. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Ladies and gentlemen, you're you're not just going to see me preaching behind these powerful pulpits in our church. Again, this is a powerful pulpit. No, no, no. You're going to continue to see me in our city speaking the word of the Lord, heralding the word of the Lord, because people need, listen, We have to expose the works of darkness that are keeping people in chains and bondage. It's not about condemning people. The gospel sets people free. For it's shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are manifested by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. And therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. I'm going to end here. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectively. We know what that means. What's it mean? It means to look within. If I look circumspectively, it means I'm looking within. I want to make sure there's no hypocrisy. There's nothing inside of me that grieves the Holy Spirit. I judge my own heart. Are you hearing me? Jesus said this, stop judging everybody else. Look at, look at the plank that's hanging out of your eye before you try to deal with the speck in your brother's eye. Deal with it. Are you hearing me? Not as fools, but as wise. And here's how Paul wraps it up. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Red, I want you to join me, buddy. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ladies and gentlemen, time is accelerating so fast. You understand? We are living in the last days. Let no one deceive you, my friend. We are living in the last days. Jesus will return just as he promised. He is coming, ladies and gentlemen. He is coming. And Paul said, now we must redeem the time because these days are evil. I want to go back to this place tonight. Closing, put your Bibles aside. I want you to be right here with me, right here. We have to be a tribe. We have to be a people who commit to building the altar of the Lord. 
I mean a people who's serious, a people who are consecrated, a people who will pray, a people who will fast, a people who will be humble, a people who will be bold, who will be brave, who will be courageous. It's got to be the real stuff, ladies and gentlemen. No fluff, no church junk. It's got to be the real deal here. Why? Because the fire and the presence of the Lord is wanting to rest tangibly upon this place so that people can encounter the living God. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for outpouring change. I'm hungry for revival. I'm hungry for awakening. I'm hungry to see the souls just pouring through. We're hungry for it still. You're hungry for it still. We're going to see the greatest revival the earth has ever known. We're going to be part of the greatest harvest of souls the world has Sometimes it's like fire shooting through the marrow of my bones. I'm telling you, we are in preparation. We are in preparation time. And you need to take this call seriously tonight, guys. That we want to be a house of encounter that builds the altar of the Lord. So that we can be a place where deliverance flows, healing flows, victory flows. People could say, you know what? Just like on The Chosen, I can't explain it. I was one way, and now I'm this way. What happened in between? Him. Him. He happened right in between. They're going to come in. They're going to come in. They were tor tormented through the night. They always had night terrors. They always had nightmares. They were always tormented with demon spirits. They walk out, and they're sleeping deeply beautifully for the first time what happened Jesus Jesus stand with me tonight Jesus oh glory 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 would you lift your hands with me God we honor you Lord Jesus we honor you we honor you Lord Rest on us, Lord. Rest on us. Rest on us, Lord. Make us a dwelling place of your habitation, God. Make us a dwelling place of your fire and of your glory, God. Pour out your spirit upon us, God. Mark Sarasota, God. Mark Sarasota, God. For outpouring of your spirit. Would you just make that your prayer? I want you to just take the next minutes and just pray that. Make it your own prayer. You pray it tonight. Not just me pray. You pray it.
It's so good, church. So good, so good, so good. This is what I want to ask of you tonight. Normally, I would say to our prayer team, prepare yourself, get yourself ready. You still want to do that. But I, this is what I feel we're to do tonight. I feel like we are to get into these altars and prepare the way. I believe we're supposed to come together as a family and get in these altars to prepare the way and call in the lost and call in the prodigals, call in the backslidden, call in... Call in families. If you want to be a part of what I'm talking about tonight, I want you to come to these altars. I want you to find a place, and I want you to begin to pray until you learn how to pray, until you learn how to pray, and call forth for this outpouring. Call forth for this outpouring of God. Call forth for awakening. Call forth for revival to hit this city. Prepare the way tonight. Call them in. Let the Lord hit your heart, my friend. Let the Lord hit your heart this night. Lord, light the fire. Light the fire of passion, God. Light the fire of compassion, God. Light the burning for this nation. Light the burning for our children, oh God. Light the burning for our schools, oh God. Oh God, light the fire. Oh God, light the fire. Light the fire, God. God, possess our heart. God, possess our heart. Possess our dreams, God. Possess our prayers, God. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to birth this. Teach us to birth this, God. Teach us to birth this. Teach us to move into this, oh God. Oh God. Let there be fire on this altar, God. Let there be fire on these women of God. Let there be fire on these men of God. Light us up, Lord. us eyes to see God give us eyes to see this move give us eyes to see give us a heart that burns God give us the ears that can hear the cry that's coming up out of this city that's coming up out of this region God let us be able to smell the stench that's coming up out of this region oh God let us not turn away from the difficulty of it God break our heart God Holy Spirit, break our hearts. Let us not turn away from our indifference, God. Melt away the, the indifference of our heart, God. Melt it away. Melt it away, God.
God is raising up every voice. God is raising up every voice. Not just a few, every voice. He wants every one of us in. He wants every one of us in. He needs us now. This region needs us now. This city needs us now. America needs us now. America, America, America needs us now. Captivate our heart with a vision for this, Lord. Captivate our heart with a vision, a vision and outpouring, an outpouring of revival, an outpouring of this generation coming to be saved, to be delivered, to be healed, to be restored. A vision of prodigals running, running back home to our covenant father. A vision of prodigal sons and daughters running home, running home to father. And it's safe to come home. Teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray. Teach us to tarry. Teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray. Captivate our heart, God. to call souls in from the north, south, east, and west. Come on, church. Let's begin to call souls in from the north, from the south, from the east to the west. Begin to call them in. Begin to call in the children. Begin to call in the middle school students. Begin to call in the junior high students. Begin to call in the high school students. Begin to call in the college students. Begin to call in the families from the north, south, east, and west. Call them in. Call them in. Call them into freedom. Call them into healing. Call them into deliverance. Call them into an encounter with God. Call them into an encounter with God. Call them into an encounter with God.
Call them in. Call them in, church. Call them into the kingdom. Call them. set a fire tonight set a fire in our heart set a fire in our heart tonight lord an unquenchable fire an unquenchable fire an unstoppable fire an unstoppable fire an unquenchable fire of the love of god that will teach us to pray that will teach us to groan that will teach us to birth god to move into this move of god Set a fire, God. Set a fire in our heart now. this a resting place for his glory just grab hold of this prayer right now that God would make victory a resting place for his glory those of you that are online just begin to pray with us right now begin to pray with the family tonight that God would make us a resting place 
a dwelling place for his glory, a dwelling place for his holy fire. Manifest presence, manifest presence. God, make your habitation here. Make your home here, God. by praying you learn how to ride a bike by doing what by riding a bike you learn how to pray by praying this is what God is calling us to as a family and I want you to be bold and I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit Lord teach me how to pray teach me how to pray and sustain prayer when the meeting is over God when I'm out under the lanai under the stars tonight Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray with passion. Teach me how to pray with compassion. Teach me how to pray for the prodigals. Teach me how to pray for souls. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Father, I thank you for all that you've done in the realm of prayer here in Victory. And it is marvelous. And we give you the glory, God. We give you the glory. And now, God, we're asking for another measure, another measure of consecration, another measure of fire. God, God, teach us how to pray. Take us into the realms of the Spirit. Teach us how to win. Teach us how to win. Teach us how to war and win. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now let's, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to begin to pray in the Spirit. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you, it is for you. This baptism, it is for you. 
And you can receive it tonight. It's imperative that you receive this gift. Tonight, I want us just to begin to lift our voice and pray in the Spirit right now. Pray in the Spirit. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build yourself. Build yourself. Don't wait for somebody to lay hands on you. Build yourself. Build yourself up in the most holy faith. Build your spirit, man. Build your faith right now. Build your faith. Ishkai. I want all you musicians just to begin to pray in the spirit. You psalmists, just begin to pray in the spirit. Zach, just pray in the spirit. We prepare the way of the Lord. We prepare the way. We prepare the way of the Lord.
There's a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. It's your body and your blood you shed for me, and this is how I fight my battle. So sing, there's a table. There's a table. That you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah! It's your body and your blood you shed for me, and this is how I fight my Out. 
Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're preparing the way. You're entering us into it now, Lord. You're taking us in through the gateway. You're taking us in through the gateway of outpouring and awakening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we thank you that even now you're releasing miracles and healings and wonders within those that are watching and those that are still in this building, those that have already driven out. Lord, miracles are happening. Tonight, miracles are being released in Jesus' name. I speak divine health and life, spiritual health too, quickening and awakening to lives in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I'm so proud of you, Chris. I love you. I see you. I'm so proud of you. Love you. This is how we fight our battles. So, guys, we uh, here at Victory, we don't give a formal benediction. I'm going to let the team just go for it wherever they wish to go for the next, I don't know, however. And uh, I don't feel like we're supposed to leave for a little bit. So I love you guys. Good night. Be blessed. And we're going to be here. So good night, everybody, those online. Are we still streaming? Are we still online? Awesome. Good night, everybody. Let's go for it, guys. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.